aboard the Truth Express with your conductor, Erskine, who give you the latest on national news, politics, policies, business, and government issues. Tom Rigsby, he's new. He's new, but he's got a topic that we need. We've talked about what's being done, what's happened with the COVID, what's happened with the FBI and the Attorney General, the weaponizing of so much against us. Uh, from the Attorney General to the Department of uh, Justice and the FBI to the IRS, and what can we do about it? Well, he's Executive Director of American Contingency, 14 years military service, 30 years business experience. The mission of American Contingency is to build, resource, and a support network of focus groups prepared to respond to and recover from life's critical moments. Now, it isn't just the simple things, but we all have critical moments. We've got flooding. We've got the government issues. We've got all sorts of critical things that can happen to us at any juncture in our life. Uh, The organization's out of Utah, which is uh, kind of interesting because uh, Utah is a Mormon state, and the Mormons have been traditionally preppers. They prepare more than most any religion or anybody that I've seen. You're now in all 50 states, aren't you, Tom? Yeah, uh, that's correct. We have members in all 50 states. We have uh, organized groups in 36, I think 36 of the 50 states, and we're pushing to get all 50 by the end of the year. The uh, interesting thing, the more I read about you, you're like a like a Boy Scout. And when I was in the Boy Scouts back when it was a good organization, <laughs> Uh, they had a motto, and their motto was very simple. Two words, be prepared. That's where you're coming from, is right. be prepared. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, you mentioned in the intro about life's critical moments. And, you know, a lot of times I'll, I will share that and people will ask, well, what are you talking about? And the reality is that those critical moments can be different for different people. You know, for for that single mom who is driving down the interstate and it's a hundred degrees out and hasn't rained in a month and runs over something in the road, gets two flat tires and has no cell service. That's a critical moment. Absolutely. A lot of people would look at a a flat. Illnesses can be critical, right? Absolutely. So it could be a flood as we're seeing, you know, uh, today it could be tornadoes, hurricanes, or it could be something as simple as a flat tire or even life-changing like being laid off from a job. You know, statistically, we know that most households only have about three days' worth of food in them and that many right. families live, even even today, live paycheck to paycheck. It, it's only that one missed paycheck that would devastate that family. We just want people to be aware of, of those possibilities to think about what the most likely threat is to them and their family, and then create a plan to be prepared for that. So what you want people to do is to think about contingencies before they occur. Lots of things that could happen. Not to be negative, because if you're prepared, then you're able to overcome it. We have been somebody who we want to be resilient. We don't want to be somebody who has no options. That's a bad place to be, isn't it? Well, it, it is a bad place to be. And and a lot of people will look at the message that we're sharing. And, and I get a comment, you know, every once in a while about, well, I, I just don't want to live my life in fear. 
No, and, and no, no you don't live in fear if you've got a plan. That's right. That's exactly what I tell them. Well, that's great. I don't want you to live your life in fear. Let me help you make a plan so you don't have to be afraid. And, right. and, and, it's just and the a, other the key to it to me is you're not alone. You are definitely not right. alone. You're with others. Right. Well, right. And that's one of our core values is that no matter what, you're never alone. I'll share a great story with you to illustrate that. Last um, December, around between Thanksgiving and Christmas, we had a member from Pennsylvania who had to drive down to Florida to deal with some illness in his family. On the way back, he was driving up through uh, Mississippi and hit a deer and completely disabled his vehicle. Whoa. Um, he, hopped on, he hopped onto our app, put a message out, and within 30 minutes, we had three. I mean, he was literally out in the middle of nowhere. But within 30 minutes, we had three different groups of people moving toward him to help him, loaded his vehicle up on a trailer, and trailered it all the way back to Pennsylvania for him. Now, that's, that's the kind of you never have to be alone that we promote. I was going on a trip one time to Vegas. I was out by Lake Pleasant and uh, looked ahead, and it looked like there was a cow in the middle of the road. When I got upon it, it was mm-hmm. a guy who was on a motorcycle, and the motorcycle had uh, skidded on the pavement. It was over on the side. He was at the side. His wife was running around. He's dead. He's dead. We checked him. He wasn't dead. The person coming the other way had a... Uh, was a EMS person. He didn't have his equipment or anything, but he was able to get flags and get the traffic to move. We moved the motorcycle to the side. A Harley's a tough motorcycle to move to the side. We moved it to the side. We had the traffic moving, had everything going. And uh, fortunately, there was a fire about two miles down the road. The fire department came, helicopters came. And within 30 minutes, he was gone to the hospital, had a good chance of surviving. But that's because people knew how to act and how to react at that time. That's the sort of thing that you're anxious to do. As if you talk about other things too, you talk about food and water, you talk about shelter and warmth, health and medical, security and defense. You also talk about um, oh, um, how the mobility and outdoors. Some people are not mobile right. anymore. Home and family, communications. Uh, situational awareness, income and economics, and community leadership. You cover it all, and you've got a membership fee that anybody can afford, $5 a month. Premium is $10, and you've got a seven-day free trial. See if it's what you want. You get a real taste of it, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we we have put together a, a web platform. We also have apps for the phones, for both phone platforms. Right. But what we really want to do is connect people, right? That, that website, the phone app, those are just tools that we use to connect people because it is, it is when we are able to meet face-to-face, when we live, you know, in, in proximity to the people that we can support, that's when we can really have an impact and affect other people's lives. And, and as you people, said, Americans that, helping that, Americans, people helping people. That's what this country's about, isn't it? Well, it's what built this country, right? And if we, if we go back and we look at a time before the internet, the time before cell phones and, and TV, that, I mean, that's, that's what we did. If you needed help, you know, there's, there are great stories out of the, the Great Depression where 
uh, was, was the banks would come and foreclose on a farm and they would put it up for auction and all the, the fellow farmers around would get together at the auction and bid a penny for the property. Oh yeah. And then turn around and give it back to the farmer. That's the, you know, that's a sense of community. And it is that community that makes us strong locally. And when we are strong locally, then we can be strong regionally and nationally. We were almost destroyed during the COVID because you had to keep a six foot distance. You had to wear a mask. You weren't supposed to be out of your house. You weren't supposed to talk to people. That's so anti-American on every level. Well, and I think one of the things that we, we learned from that, it became pretty clear from that experience. And now it's, it's, kind of raised its head again in the last couple of weeks with us is when you promote this this idea of resilience, self-reliance, and independence, right. that's the kind of thing that the establishment doesn't really appreciate. And no, they want complete control. They want also. to tell us they want to be in control. They want to tell us what to do. You want help, we'll help you. You can't pay your student loans, we're gonna give it to you. No, it's coming out of uh, our pockets. They aren't giving you anything unless we, it's we the people who give them the money. We've got to stop doing that. We've got to let people stand on their own two feet. Now, the FBI and Project Veritas and our friend James O'Keefe did a wonderful idea, a wonderful program where he had the FBI targeting, said the FBI is targeting preppers as domestic terrorists. Uh, They list the militia networks. FEMA has... uh, Three, it tells you to get three weeks of food and tools at least. But then their thing they talk about, well, the FBI, they're targeting preppers. Well, they're mentioning, uh, people mentioned Ashley Babbitt. They mentioned Ruby Ridge. They mentioned Waco. All those were bad things. You can't mitigate it. You can't wish it away. They all were bad. Ashley Babbitt's dead because a cop uh, shot her. She did nothing. Ruby Ridge, same type of thing. Waco, same type of thing overextension and you're not even supposed to talk about it now look at the problems but look at what we can do but they're really targeting preppers what are you doing about that well i I think what we saw with this revelation through project veritas is that uh, and 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 for those that might not know the story there was a an fbi agent who leaked an internal document that had some imagery and, and icons that that the FBI says are associated with violent extremists. But yeah, anybody talks about as, Ruby Red anybody talks about any of that, just talking about right. classes you as to as being an extremist and somebody who's against the state. We're not against the state to to have free discourse. They're limiting what we can say on the internet and everything else. But the fact of the matter is we have to have free discussions and this is something that we're losing is freedom of speech. I know that it's in the First Amendment, but they're trying to take it away. They don't want us talking about it because it questions and threatens the status quo of the establishment. And they're not taking us in a great place. We need to be self-reliant. That's what Americans have always done. Well, I, I think the issue is, at least as we are approaching it, an individual who prepares, who sets aside some extra food. So when they go to the grocery store, they buy three cans of beans instead of two. That's not the person that they're after, right? They are after um, organized, structured, supported groups. 
And that's one of the things that we offer. And I think that's one of the reasons why we are, um, we are a challenge for them is because we have, you know, even on the flyer, it said we had a low history of violence, which should be read as no history of violence because that's not what we're about. Right. But right. The, 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 the threat to them is that we are organized and we are helping people become more self-reliant and more resilient. I mean, those, those are words that, that historically have defined America and Americans. And, and now, you know, they're, according to the FBI, they're bad words. Now, how can we, with the gas prices the way they are, and they've come down a little bit, but they're still double what they were a year ago, and people are having problems affording either gas or food. How can we, uh, what can we do on gas? I think one of the things you can do, you can uh, start carpooling, you can do less driving, lots of things that way you can do. What else do you recommend? Well, you know, there's this old saying that the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The next best right, time to right. plant a tree is today, right? So if if you haven't, um, for example, right, gas prices have been ridiculously high this summer. Um, I was fortunate enough to have a, a uh, some fuel that I had had set aside over the past few months. So I didn't Look, have to let's, buy gas let's to talk about this. We get back. I don't want to miss any of it. We'll be right back. Okay. With uh, Tom Rigsby, AmericanContingency.com. Look into it. The Biden administration is quickly moving to implement the liberal fantasy of socialist spending. After spending a $2.1 trillion stimulus, the president and Democratic-led Congress have introduced another $3 trillion plan to add to our insurmountable debt, seeking to raise taxes on Americans making as little as 200000 a year. Have you seen the immigration footage? $87 million putting illegals in hotel rooms and our troops sleeping on parking garage floors. Could this be the biggest single goal? Gold buying opportunity in history? Well, Wells Fargo and Goldman Sachs say this is the time to buy gold. Patriot Gold Group, where your IRA or 401k can be in physical gold and silver, and you may qualify for no fee for life IRA. Call 800 356 4470 for details. Patriot Gold Group, Consumer Affairs top rated gold IRA dealer, five years running. Call 800 356 4470 today. Now, the price of gas, how are we going to save on that? You've got a couple of ideas. I'd love to hear them. Yeah, sure. So I, you touched on some of them. Carpooling um, is, is a great way to save gas, which comes back to the idea of community. Right? Who do you carpool with? The people that you're in community with. Um, plan trips, I mean, it's... It, it has been nothing in my lifetime to just run out and hop in the car and run to the store and grab what we need and come back. Right. But, you know, if we plan our trips a little better, then we can cut down on some of that, um, that impulse or that ad hoc driving. Um, and, and then just like uh, the example I was using was cutting grass. I've cut back on the, the amount of times I cut grass this year, and I was fortunate enough to be able to use some of the gas that I had set aside over the past few months. But these are all examples, you know, of, of thinking about um, what we consume, how those items that we consume are systemically managed, and and trying to 
reduce our dependence on the system. That's really what, what we evangelize and what we talk about at American Contingency is how can you be more self-reliant? And we, we can't eliminate it completely. I mean, we're, we're citizens of a, a technological world now. Um, but we can dial back our dependence on it, not look to someone else to rescue us. You know, one of the, one of my favorite sayings is that you are your own first responder. Right. Right. If something happens, right, your, your kids out playing on the playground, they fall and break their arm. That EMT is not the first responder. You are, you're the first one there. What do you do? Do you know what to do? Um, you, you should learn. You should learn CPR at a minimum. You should also have a first aid kit available. That's all things that you should do because uh, sometimes minutes make a difference. Sometimes seconds make a difference, don't they? They they certainly do. And you know we have um, we have a just as a portion of proportion of the population in America, we have a a high concentration of veterans now who for many of them unfortunately they can attest to what happens if you don't treat a wound uh, quickly but that's one of the things that we work through also you you talked about our nine categories of preparedness one of them is health and medical where we do talk about first aid kits and tourniquets and cpr and and, right. and you don't you don't have to provide you know field surgery you just have to save a life and and be prepared but the other half of that is also health. We talk about medical, which is the first aid and the response, but we talk about health also, which is maintaining your own health, right? We can, we can go through all of these other steps. We can prepare in all these other categories, but if we don't take the time and we don't put forth the effort to maintain our own health, then we're not going to be in a position to be able to respond and recover to those critical moments either. That's a, that's a key if you are not responsible for your own health, then you can't expect other people to be. You can't trust other people today. You've got to be responsible for your own health. I've seen that happen to me personally, especially as my wife, where the took her into the hospital. They suggested something, and I said, no, 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 that's totally wrong. They were going to give her a, uh, at one point, they were giving her uh, glucose, and they gave her uh, cookies, and they said, well, your sugar level's high. We're going to give you insulin. I said, no, you're giving her glucose, you're giving her cookies, take her off that. I mean, that probably would have killed her. They also went in, and I I can name you time after time. You've got to be uh, on health care. You've got to be looking out for yourself or those you care for. If you can't look out for yourself, you better have somebody there who can look out for you, somebody you trust. And that's what you're talking about, a sense of community, having somebody you can trust. If you're not married, have somebody you can trust. We've got to have people, people who need people, to quote Barbara Streisand. We need that now, don't we? <laughs> we, we sure do. And I, you know, I have adult children now, um, and they've all kind of come back to the nest here lately. But, you know, they were spread across the country. It's, it's nice to have that community to call on when they're far away. Sure is. We'll be right back with Tom Rigsby. The Biden administration is quickly moving to implement the liberal 
fantasy of socialist spending. After spending a $2.1 trillion stimulus, the president and Democratic-led Congress have introduced another $3 trillion plan to add to our insurmountable debt, seeking to raise taxes on Americans making as little as 200000 a year. Have you seen the immigration footage? $87 million putting illegals in hotel rooms and our troops sleeping on parking garage floors. Could this be the biggest single gold-buying opportunity in history? Well, Wells Fargo and Goldman Sachs say this is the time to buy gold. Patriot Gold Group, where your IRA or 401k can be in physical gold and silver, and you may qualify for no fee for life IRA. Call 800-356-4470 for details. Patriot Gold Group, Consumer Affairs top-rated gold IRA dealer, five years running. Call 800-356-4470 today. The next topic I'd like to talk with you, Tom, and this is stagflation. Now, what's happening right now, the dollar you had in 2019 is worth a little over 16% less than it was in 2019. We're being robbed. They're, They're robbing from us. That's exactly what's happening. That's why I recommend gold and silver, because that's true wealth. I also recommend, I think you need to own three metals. First one I recommend is lead. You better be armed. That's the first one I recommend is lead. They'd recommend silver. They'd recommend gold because they are true stores of wealth, not not so dependent on some of the whims of people. And I love the quote you have. And this is uh, by Brandon Smith, who said, and it's talking about Nancy Pelosi. When we're having this discussion, it's important to dispel some of those who say, well, it's the government spending. No, it isn't. The government spending is doing the exact reverse, reducing the debt. It's not inflationary. What is inflation? It's more dollars going after fewer goods. So the more they print up of uh, fiat currency, the more inflation we're going to have. You know, did these people ever go to an economic school, Tom? I don't think they did. It's insanity. I don't think so. Read the, read the statement. It, it, it's insanity, isn't it? It, it really is. I mean, and now we're we're hearing them try to redefine um, what a recession is. I, you know, the the simple truth is that the printing presses have been running wild. That twenty five percent of the of the currency in circulation today did not exist two years ago. Right, it just wasn't there. And it's not like we all of a sudden inherited a bunch of gold that we can back that currency with. They just printed the currency. <laughs> You're right. So, You're absolutely right. So, so. you know, if if you have so if you have a hundred dollar bill and hold a hundred dollar bill in your hand today, it's it's worth twenty five percent less than it was two years ago. Oh and if God. that's not if if that's not inflation, I I don't. Maybe I didn't understand economics when I took it. Right. Um, well, I, under, but yeah, I understand and, and we, economics when I go to the store and I see that you've got the same package except it's reduced by 25%. Instead of six things of fruit cocktail, you only got four. I understand inflation when you go buy a box of cereal and it's reduced uh, in size. Uh, I understand that when you go get your gasoline, it's double the price it was. The American public understands that. We don't. You don't have to be college-educated uh, economists to understand that. 
But what really gets me is that these people can lie with a straight face and say, oh, it's not inflationary to print more money. I mean, this is, I mean, they expect us to believe this. I mean, it's one Uh, thing, it's one thing to do it. It's another thing to try to get you to believe what they're doing is right when you know it's wrong. Well, we, we can almost guarantee that whatever they say, we should look in the opposite direction, right? If it's, if it's, if what we're doing is supposed to be non-inflationary, we need to see what that's doing to the underlying system, right? Um, but, I, but I think you're right. I think most Americans, they don't have to be told. They don't have to hear it on the news or, or read it online that, that we're in a recession. They, they feel it in the their wallet. The they feel it in their wallet. It's exactly. being pinched. Right. <laughs> I'm supporting right. a group they, right now, I will tell of, you. When I think you're going to run out of money before they run out of month, then (laughs) then there's a problem. There's a group I'm supporting, and I think you'll probably get behind it also. LGBTQ. I support them with all my heart, the LGBTQ group. And I'll tell you what it stands for. Let's get Biden to quit. That's a group I support. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The electric grid. This is something. Now, uh, living in Arizona, we've got a lot of problems. But one thing we have that's good is we've got sunlight until the last couple of weeks when we had all the rain. But uh, that's another story. But uh, we've got sunlight about 320 days a year. So it makes sense to have the uh, power to have your uh, solar. That makes sense here. When? Not so much. But uh, solar... And I also noticed something about solar. You know, Tom, it doesn't work at night. <laughs> and and wind, it doesn't work when there isn't any wind. And uh, the only thing reliable people in Texas and other places have learned are coal, gas, oil. They're reliable. Reliable sources of energy. Right. Reliability. So I've always had a backup generator, which has always been good. Because I lived in a place where I had my own water and I had my own uh, well and all of that type of thing. And so I had a backup generator. And I also had uh, a couple of places I lived when I heated the house with wood. Are we going back to heating mm-hmm. with wood again? Well, I think it needs to be an option. I mean, I, I think what we've seen over the last couple of years, we, we take the, the polar vortex, for example, right? The Right. That came down and... and froze it was so cold in houston texas that the pumps that move natural gas froze wow that's cold i've seen i've seen in the oil and gas business i've seen gun barrels uh freeze up with salt water in it you know that right well so so you know for those homes that were depending on that natural gas and and, and I would have been one of them. I'll be completely honest. I would have said, hey, we've got gas. We're good, right? We might not have lights. We might not have a refrigerator, but but we've got heat. And, and at least in, you know, if it's cold weather, you can take your your food out of the refrigerator and just sit it outside for a little bit. Um, but I think what we've seen is that we have to look at systems that are, or, or solutions that are not system dependent. And for a lot of people, and you know, you look at a city like Houston with 
I think they're around seven and a half, eight million people now. Um, maybe that's just too high a density of people, right? Maybe the solution is that we spread out a little bit. We, we come kind of come back to our roots, um, and, and find a homestead, find a place where we can live. And yes, we should enjoy the benefits and, and even luxuries of the infrastructure and the system when it's available, but be prepared for when it's not. You know, I, I spoke with a, a gentleman a couple of months ago, and he lives in New York City. And he asked, you know, we were talking about most likely threats. And he said, well, what do you think my most likely threat is? And I thought about it for a second, and I said, sanitation, right? If, if the power oh, yeah. went out in Manhattan, your biggest problem is sanitation. And you, Absolutely. as soon as the lights go out, you need to get that. out of town. Your organization, oh, you, don't have, you, I mean, think, you think outside the box, don't you, Tom? Well, I try to. I mean, I, you know, but if, if, if you have six million people inhabiting this, you know, this little island, um, all of that waste has to go somewhere, right? And Absolutely. if the system is not available to move it, collect it, and dispose of it, then that's going to become a, a health crisis in, in short order. Right. So we have to think through and, and this is part of the example. You know, if if we talk about, OK, you live in Manhattan. Great. That's awesome. You're on the fifth floor. That's great. Are, are you is your health good enough for you to do, you know, walk up and down the stairs in case the elevator goes out? Because if the power goes out, you're hitting the stairs. That's your only mode of transportation. Right. right. Um, well, you know, there's another issue. Car there's part- another issue. If you're living in New York or if you're living like I am in Phoenix, you're not going to grow a whole lot of crops. So no. that's another issue. You're not going to have food. So you should be prepared on that too, shouldn't you? Well, you should. And, and what we have to do, and a lot of people will say, and, and you know, New Yorkers are good about this. Well, I, I, I don't have a lot of room to store extra. Okay, well, that's fair. But you know, you have, I would encourage you to, to weigh the pros and cons of living here. One of the cons is that I can't store a lot of food. One of the pros is, you know, maybe I've got a really good paying job. Okay, well, let's figure out how we can make all of those things balance, right? And, and that's part of what we do. I, you know, a lot of people don't have room to store up even three weeks' worth of food, let alone three months' worth of food. So we talk about planning horizons where, okay, let's get three days first, and then let's talk about three weeks, and then let's talk about three months. Right. And and then you just rotate through that food. It's not like you've got all this stuff socked away somewhere and, and waiting for the 25-year, 100-year flood to come along. You, it's just part of your system, and you're rotating and you're, and you're using. Um, you know, water is a, is a great example, too. They, a lot of people don't know this, but they make this thing called the bathtub blob, and it's just a big, um, like a big balloon, basically, that you put in your bathtub. So if the power goes out, water goes out, you drop that thing in the bathtub and you fill it up with water, and you've got 100 gallons of water sitting right there in your bathtub. Right? Wow. Plus, plus, people don't think you got uh, 40 or 50 gallons just in your hot water heater. Exactly. Right. If you have if you have the means to do so, most commercial buildings have several hundred gallons just standing in their pipes above your head. So if you're able right. to go outside and open one of the one of the, the faucets, 
then all that water is going to run out. So that there are ways to get water. We just have to think about these things. And if we can think about them ahead of time, then that's going to reduce the stress and anxiety that we would experience in the moment if we didn't have a plan. And that's why we focus so much on making a plan. Wow. I mean, these, these are things that a lot of people don't think about because you don't want to think about them. People don't want to right. think about them. And then when it happens, it's too late. It's too late. So uh, better to prepare for the worst, but hope for the best. Oh, absolutely. And, and we, look, I don't, I don't encourage anyone to live their life in fear. In fact, I think this is how we can live our life in a high state of confidence rather than in a state of fear, right? But if you don't think about these things, that doesn't mean they're not going to happen. Now, let me ask you about the electric. Let me ask you about the electric, because with the electric cars and all, the grid uh, possibility of it going out is really good, because the more cars that come on, the more strain to the grid, and I can't take it. Uh, So the actions you can take today, what can we do today on the grid if your power goes out? Well, again, it comes back to that tree planting example, right? Right. We have access to the system, to the grid, to the infrastructure. Now, let's start building some supplemental capability. And I don't don't even necessarily suggest that people have to go completely off grid. But let's, I mean, just start, start simply, right? Put up a solar panel, get a charge controller and a battery, and run the the lights in the house off of off of solar, right? And as right. you pointed out, you know, solar doesn't work when the sun doesn't shine, but that's why we use a battery, right? That's right, right. Temporary store of that pattern, power. They, it's not going to run your your HVAC unit, your heat or your air, but it'll run your lights. And then every month, you know, if you can spend a hundred dollars a month, then you can get a new solar panel every month. Right, and oh, after absolutely. a year, now you've got twelve solar panels. You got a kilowatt of power that you're generating while the sun's shining. The thing I like about solar is the price doesn't go up, whereas with uh, power companies, the price is going up every month. Well, and we are seeing in some areas. Um, you know, I'm fortunate where I live. We've got a lot of hydro, and we've got two nuclear plants here, so our, our electricity is is fairly reliable and fairly cheap. Um, but we have seen in some parts of the country where uh, the, the utilities are pushing back against people putting up solar. Oh, absolutely. Saying, well, you, you can't do that. It's not safe. It might backfeed into the system. Um, and, and they're pushing back against that because that's lost revenue for them. But, you know, your point about electric vehicles we already have a grid that's not able to support the demand. So let's right. triple, quadruple, quintuple the demand on the system without putting anything into strengthening that infrastructure. Yeah, let's see how that works out for everybody. Well, uh, and then you've also got a, the possibility. You've also got the possibility, either natural or man caused an EMP event that would wipe out all the transformers. If that happens, we're really in trouble. It's happened before. Well, you know, again, where I live, we have three primary feeds, right? So here it's two dams and one uh, nuclear plant. And back in 2011, we had a, a series of tornadoes that took out all three of those primary feeds. 
Wow. Well, most people would would think, okay, triple redundant, I'm good. But we went, you know, we went for 16 days with no power, and we live, you know, we have a well like you were talking about, which meant no power, no water, right? So it, it can be, you know, this cascading failure of systems can happen very quickly and without a lot of warning, and that's why it's important to have that plan ahead of time. Oh, absolutely can happen to anybody. We have basically nuclear here in the Phoenix area, but uh, it's been reliable, but you can't, uh, can't tell. Nothing's 100%. Like you said, you had three different types of power, and they all went out with one tornado. That's... Uh, <laughs> I know. Yeah. We'll, be, we'll be right back. AmericaContingency.com The Biden administration is quickly moving to implement the liberal fantasy of socialist spending. After spending a $2.1 trillion stimulus, the president and Democratic-led Congress have introduced another $3 trillion plan to add to our insurmountable debt, seeking to raise taxes on Americans making as little as 200000 a year. Have you seen the immigration footage? $87 million putting illegals in hotel rooms and our troops sleeping on parking garage floors. Could this be the biggest single gold buying opportunity in history? Well, Wells Fargo and Gold Goldman Sachs say this is the time to buy gold. Patriot Gold Group, where your IRA or 401k can be in physical gold and silver, and you may qualify for no fee for life IRA. Call 800-356-4470 for details. Patriot Gold Group, Consumer Affairs top-rated gold IRA dealer, five years running. Call 800-356-4470 today. Bob, I love your group. We are started American Contingency, 4th of July, 2020, by former Green Beret Mike Glover. He personally knew the Green Berets, they are first responders. No matter what, when they get out, they know what to do, don't they? They certainly do. And, uh, you know, Mike has had, <clears throat> had his fair share of uh, those, I think, nine combat rotations that he's made. Wow. Um, he, he, he's seen the good and the bad of what the world has to offer. And when he came home from that and saw what was going on, um, you know, he kind of looked around and said, look, we've, we, we've got to do better than this. We, can, we are better than this. Let's organize, uh, come up with a plan and organize around this. Unfortunately, what, you know, one of the things that happened, we talked about a few minutes ago, when you start talking about those things, those that want us to be dependent on the system try to tamp you down and, and, and silence that message. So oh, we yeah. had a real problem over the last two years, even being able to share our domain, um, you know, AmericanContingency.com, out across the Internet. So one of the things that we've done to, to kind of combat that and, and work around that problem, we've launched a program called uh, MyReadyPlan.com which is exactly what we've been talking about today. It's just a way to think about what the most likely threats are and to develop a plan. And in the course of doing that, we introduce people to American contingency and help them get connected with other people that think like they do um, that, that are close by so that they can build a community with those people. You've got four, four guiding principles. One, Inform, update daily on current events, including analysis of how they may in- impact your day. Two, 
equipped, access to uh, curated lifts of the best equipment, bulk purchasing power and discounts. That alone is worth your membership. Three, train, working together with others who know what they're doing. That's very important. And I think the most important of all those is to connect something bigger than yourself. Connect with others in your area, in your community, in your state who can help you so that you will be prepared in case uh, in, when an emergency occurs. It's not a question of if. You're going to have an emergency in your life. Everybody does. It doesn't just roll along smoothly. It's how you handle it that makes the difference. And that's exactly what you're talking about. And we really have to do that because today we're under very trying times, aren't we, Aren't we, Tom? Oh, we, we certainly are. And, you know, I, one of those things, one of the things that you get out of being a part of a community is someone to help you share that burden. And, right. you know, that's, we have so many members who, just in the course of two years, have gone right. through um, really tough times in their lives, right? And it, and it might be, again, it could be as simple as a flat tire or as big as a job loss or a tornado that takes your house out or, or illness in the family, right? And you're just stressed out. I, I had a personal example. You know, I travel a lot, um, kind of taking this message around the country. Um, and, and my dad had some issues while I was gone. I was able to call one of the members that, that almost literally lives right across the street from him. And within three or four minutes, he was at my dad's house taking care of, of what needed to be taken care of. So it's this idea of, of connecting, um, helping us all get better at what we do. That's really important to us. And, and, you know, we all have different interests. We talked about the different, the nine different categories of preparedness. Not everybody's going to be interested in in going uh, doing a deep dive on health and medical. They might be more interested in communications. They might be a ham radio person, right? Oh yeah. But when those two when those two people are able to work together, now they've got both of those categories covered. Got and that's all one of covered. the things that we. Right. Right. Organizationally, we try to make sure that all of those bases are covered in each one of those local groups so that you don't have to be an expert in all of the categories. Because and somebody the other, the other key to it, Tom, you got another key. You're not dependent on the government. You're not looking for the government. You're doing it yourself. So you know that you're going to do it right. Well, you're at least going to get to do it the way you want to. Right. <laughs> that, that's, not a, that's not a given. You know, I mean, and we 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 laugh about that, and, and it you know it, it, it's been kind of a running joke with us. But I mean, look at what we've done outsourcing uh, education for the last you know fifty, sixty, seventy years, and where that's gotten us. Um, well, it's like I mean, Ronald Reagan said: things, the most, the worst words you'll ever go hear is "I'm from the government. I'm here to help you." Those those are probably the yeah. worst words you'll hear. So do it yourself. Do it right. Not yourself, because you have people who will work with you. It's a great organization, AmericanContingency.com. Tom, thank you for being on. My pleasure. All aboard the Truth Express. you. You can listen on your favorite podcast app or local radio station.
Patriot Gold Group. Consumer Affairs operated five years running for your IRA or 401k. Call 800-356-4470 today. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.